Welcome to the Imperishable Beauty Podcast. I'm hosting it Bozik, and in today's episode, I sit down with my good friend, Tisha falcon Layfelt, who shares candidly about her life. Her journey is remarkable, and I just know that you will be blessed by hearing her story about the truth bombs that she shares and the gems of wisdom that she unpacks. Oh, Enid, first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to hang with you today. And asking about me, that is like the number one love language everybody has. And that is, <laughs> no, seriously, our, people are hungry for people to be interested in them. Yes. And so, yes, we live this horizontal life where we are being fed love, but really is, God, I've got to find that you're interested in me. You're mm-hmm. like a thousand percent interest. I got to get filled up. I got to get your love in me mm-hmm. so I can go out and not try to get love from people. But that mm-hmm. question that you just said a little bit about uh, yourself, if we adopted that in places that we went and genuinely listened, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we would just we would have besties all over. And really they get to see, they get to see the father in us Mm. because he is genuinely, genuinely interested in us. So uh, a little bit about myself. First of all, I was born in Durango, Colorado, grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. When I was in high school, um, my uncle called my mom who she was a cocktail waitress, restaurant waitress, a bartender, didn't know Jesus. And said, hey, move to Hawaii and we'll make millions. (laughs) So she dragged her high school kid, Tisha, and her junior high kid, Brad, uh, to Hawaii. And I mean drag because we had best friends there. Yeah. We didn't want to leave them, even if it was the land of paradise. And the only time we ever saw Hawaii was when we were eating Cheerios and you could win two weeks. Uh, from the back of the Cheerio box, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we we get dragged and we get we land in Hawaii six months later. Enid, my mom, and my brother and myself were homeless. We're living in a car. Um, I'm getting tears just thinking about this. We're mm-hmm. in a car at a place uh, in Haleiwa. It's Haleiwa Beach Park. Mm-hmm. We drive yeah, over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We drive over there and then a neighbor found out about it, drove over from Wahiwa, about 30 minute drive and begged us to come live with her. My mom was super proud. We're Hispanic mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and there, and, and you don't know Jesus. So you're leaning on yourself and mm-hmm. independence is applauded. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, no way I am not, mo- I'm not going to be somebody's burden or I'm not going to bother anybody. Uh, the next thing we know, she drives back with a tent and we set that tent up in the grass area, not on the sand because we're total howlies from the mainland, <laughs> right. even though we look like we're locals. <laughs> we, 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 we set up our tent in the middle of the grass. I'm surprised cops did not come. I'm just really surprised. Um, and three pieces of luggage and three of us, we lived in that tent. Well, my mom went and signed up for food stamps and went into Waikiki I don't know why Waikiki I should ask her looking for another waitress job Mm. and we did that for about a month and a half and our friend Becky drove each week for about four four different times with tears in her face Mm. down her face and my mom finally accepted the fourth time when she said Tisha's gonna get hurt out here yeah. Uh, something bad could happen to the kids. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom just kind of was like, okay, I've got to put my pride aside. 
we lived with them for about a month and a half, two months. And then we found a little small, small little apartment, one bedroom. And the three of us lived in that little apartment. And years later, there's a ministry on this island called Surfing the Nations. It's kind of like a YWAM. Mm-hmm. They bought that apartment building. Get out. At, sh- no, I promise <laughs> to God. They bought that apartment building. Wow. Years later, the church that I, I'm attending now, a bunch of young, gorgeous 19 to 21 year olds come to our church from Wahiwa all the way to Kaneohe with about a 35, 40 minute drive. And they're like, Oh, we live in Wahiwa. And I go, I used to live in Wahiwa back, you know, uh, when I was a teenager. And then they're like, yeah, we live, we live on Ohio street. And I go, I used to live on Ohio street. (laughs) It was like, it was like, boom, boom. They invited me about a month later to, to that apartment room, that apartment building. And then into our little apartment space that God provided even right before we were even Christians. I gave my life to, uh, to Jesus. Um, not in that room, but around that time, but invited me into that, into our little apartment at two of three Oh six, three Oh six. And about 20 of the leaders wrapped around me in that tiny little room where I essentially met Jesus basically wow. around that time. Yeah. Is that crazy? Oh my gosh. God brought that full circle. Yeah, completely. Wow. Uh, so I have been here on this Island 36 years Whew. and the Lord brought me here. Uh, Enid, yeah. the Lord brought me here. I, I, you know, we were raised Jehovah witnesses oh. and a little bit by myself is that we didn't celebrate Christmases or birthdays. And mm. once, while, once in a while we were backsliding, my mom would, you know, okay, here's Christmas. And it was kind of one foot in, one foot out right, in a way right. with my mom a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she, she, I felt that my mom was obligated to love us, but she, um, I, I felt as though my mom chose to like us. Mm-hmm. So because she liked us, I felt God's love. I wasn't raised with a father, was single parent. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I was the quintessential girl that wanted a to call a man daddy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be daddy's girl. Yeah. And then I, as I grow up, I hear about how important a father's, a biological father, father's love is to their child. Mm-hmm. And I, I read about this and I start to turn to God and I go, why didn't I have a father mm-hmm. to love me? I had my mom mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I realized there's so many scriptures. I think in Psalm 68, where it says, I will be a father to the fatherless. Yes. And as I sat on that verse and I just look back and I would sit there and go, you fathered me here. You fathered me here. You fathered me here, God. And I almost in that way felt like I loved my story. Yeah. And I didn't, I I wasn't going to pull on the victim. I, you know, I didn't have, I just sat back and I go, God, I I know you loved me um, through Mm -hmm. this time. And so when I, when I was about 17, I got invited uh, to a small youth group and I gave my life to Jesus. It's a long story, but I yeah. gave my life to Jesus, but I didn't, I made him savior. I didn't make him Lord. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So about three years later, I moved to, you know, I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico back and hung out over there. My mom dragged me back to Hawaii. That's another long story. All that to say, when I came back after about two years, kind of hanging out with best friends and doing this and that, came back, I was, you know, working and drinking. I was 18, 19 years old. And I, you know, I aimless, didn't know what to do. 
uh, I, I decided, let me just go to college, went to Windward Community College just to kind of find some type of like ground to stand on yeah. in this aimless, like I, I did not know who I was, giftings. I didn't have any voice of this is what you're good at. Right. I had no passions. So I go to college and I get invited to this church called Hope Chapel. And I, I wasn't really a pursuing Jehovah Witness at, the, at that time. I kind of, uh, yeah, so I get invited to this church. All I've known was Jehovah Witness Church. I right. walk in about 10 minutes late. There's 300 people. There's a guitar. There's a drum set. There's people with hands up. They're kind of moving their bodies. And I'm going, this is a wacko church. <laughs> Like there's some wacko people. I get invited to this wacko church. So I go with my friend. I sit down. I'm eye spying everybody left and right. And I'm judging everybody. I felt like I stepped into one of those TV show, uh, you know, churches. And so I, I look over and I see this guy. He's got his hands stretched out, eyes closed, and his mouth is moving. And I'm going, what in the world is going on there? So I look at the screen. I look back at his mouth, look back at the screen. I realized he had the song that was being played memorized. Mm. And he was singing it from this place in his soul that mm. I, I was mesmerized by. I went, I want that. I want what he has. Mm. I just don't want the outward expression that I was seeing that I was just abnormal mm. with the hands lifted and body swaying. <laughs> And I was hungry for what I saw, but I was whacked out a little bit by everything else that I saw. So I turned to my friend. And I said, I'm, I think I'm out of this. I, I'm going to wait for you outside. No worries. Take your time. So I, I'm walking out. I'm at the door of this elementary school. And the lights go on. I hear chatting, people talking. And I decide to turn around to see what these weird people look like. Yeah. I turn around, Enid, and I'm going, I, there's 300 so half his girls, half his guys. I'm turning around. I'm going, oh my gosh, there are some hot guys at this church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I promise to God. I'm like, it's open. I'm my. I'm stopped in my my feet. Stopped, and I start walking backwards as my mouth is still open. And I'm 19 years old, and I I walk all the way back to my chair and I sit down and I lean on my friend I that I barely even know. I just met her at this school. And she goes, oh, I thought you were going to wait for me outside. And I go, not anymore. I found my church. I promise to God. There's surfers, surfers in Hawaii. Oh, and, yeah. and they're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So three months later, no joke, I'm going there every Friday night free hugs afterwards. And I'm like, I am getting some hugs <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, there are, I cannot wait till after the teaching's done and worship, whatever is done. I'm getting some free hugs. Three, three months later, no kidding. I, there's like a tap on my shoulder and I'm thinking, I hope this guy is hot. I turn around and it's Jesus. I, wow. I'm, I'm standing and he's going Tisha will you love me all the days of your life? Mm. And I said, yeah, God, I want to love you all the days of my life. And he says, not just on Sundays when you go to church and or Thursday nights when you go to Bible study, but you love me all the days of your life. And I said, yeah, I want to love you all the days of my life. And that was it. Mm. I went back. I went back and the same people that worship, that was awesome. 
this energy, this vibe that I felt like, what is going on? This happy, this happy world. And I didn't see anybody. I just, my hands, and I got to tell you, interestingly oh. enough, I was raised in part of my, also, yes, a Durango, Colorado, Albuquerque. In between that, you know, my mom was not military. She just had different boyfriends. Mm-hmm. So different boyfriends led us in different places. Mm-hmm. So I lived, I lived a lot of different places. And one of them was Phoenix, Arizona. And I was raised, I was a brown kid around white people. And mm-hmm. brown to me was, it was signified doo-doo. It was ugly. Yeah, yeah. And white, white was vanilla. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like ice cream. Yeah. And I wanted to be vanilla and I was different. Mm-hmm. And I would beg God, why, why, why am I different? Mm-hmm. Why, why can't I be normal? Normal was white. Mm-hmm. And so I was, there was some massive rejection. Mm-hmm. I rejected myself. I despised myself, but the kids, because they all had each other, I just couldn't, you know, here I was no dad. Uh, my mom was, you know, we were waitress, cocktail waitress. So, you know, our money, we ate mac and cheese and peanut butter jelly sandwiches, and we only mm-hmm. had enough money for food. Yeah. And my, my clothes, I didn't know how to dress. And my mom, mm-hmm. you know, we were, we were dressing in uh, secondhand clothing. And so they were, they were, I was teased massively. I was rejected. I tell you that night that I went back on that Friday night and all I saw was Jesus. I, I, I'm not kidding you. It was like, when people said, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I stopped cussing, I stopped sleeping around. There was this massive spirit of rejection that was broke, broken. Wow. Praise the Lord. It was wow. this massive rejection, spirit of rejection. And that night, I don't know what happened, but there was three to five people standing in line waiting to talk to me. Wow. And I was going i'm talking to this person and i kind of look over the shoulder a little bit i'm like okay what oh mate i go oh after i got done oh look maybe they're trying to talk to you and then I'm like no no i wanted to talk to you i'm like why is it hasn't changed since then wow it, it has been this and the only thing that has changed is me receiving the, the acceptance and the pr- approval of the father mm. so and good. even up to yeah it, that's the only thing because he is our god of grace yeah. and shame, shame wants to goop us. You know, we right. just got all this massive shame. And I believe that maybe somebody has a massive deliverance of shame that, whoa, I, but mine has been coming off layer by layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did, was that moment kind of like led into today where you started finding freedom ministries? Yes, I could say that. Okay, so we have our Finding Freedom Ministries. I got married when I was 36 years old. Mm-hmm. My husband chased after me for five years. <laughs> I I was running hard after Jesus. And right. I and and because of the white, I had this massive stronghold of hate of white men mm-hmm. because I had been I had been um I had been uh, wrongly treated right. by four different by four different white men and mm-hmm. different times that things had happened. Right. And I had, I had bitterness, rage, and anger that were my best friends. And I had no idea here. I love Jesus yet. I had bitterness, rage, and anger, and they were going to protect me. Yeah. And so when I met my husband, God came in against these strongholds mm-hmm. that I had. Yeah. And so five years later we get married, but in that my husband, his heart, is to be conformed to the image of Christ, Romans 
829. Right. It says that we are to be conformed to the image of Christ. We all want that, right? Yes. What would Jesus do? Right? Right, 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 right. But when it really comes down to it, we're more committed to our comfort than we are committed to our character. Right. When we really think about it, we're committed. Comfort, 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 comfort. And God's going, I'm committed to your character, my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And so here he is, you know, with my husband, he, he meets Jesus he meets the Father and he meets the Holy Spirit that empowers, equips, and restores. Yeah. I go to a church that preaches Jesus the Savior and Lord and preaches the Father, but never preaches the Holy Spirit mm. that empowers and equips. Mm. So I didn't meet I didn't meet the Holy Spirit until after. Mm. Um, I was I was a pastor at my church. Wow. And yeah, and I didn't. Now, did that mean I handcuffed the Holy Spirit? No. no. That only meant that I allowed him only so much room mm. in my, in my, but see, my, my, my husband gives his life to Jesus and then his pastor goes to his house and says, okay, now you gave his, your life to Jesus. Now there's one more step. <laughs> and it was like, and he's, and, the, and my pastor goes, you can sit down or you can stand up. It's up to you. My husband goes, ah, I'll stand up. My pastor's five feet away from him. And my husband standing up, my pastor to this day, my, my pastor, which is my husband's pastor of 25 years, says, Holy Spirit, introduce yourself to this man. Come, Holy Spirit, would you come right now, Father, in the wholeness of you, the Trinity, would you come right now and bathe him with you? My husband fell on, <laughs> on, his, on his condo floor and was out for 45 minutes. And he looks up and he goes, dude that was cool <laughs> so all he knew was a partnership with the father mm. with jesus the savior and the lord mm. and the holy spirit and so when i met my husband interestingly enough i'm a pastor i've been saved for 12 years my husband's only been saved for three years i meet him and i'm like i'm gonna have to teach his kids some stuff <laughs> Because I am way older than you are. And I am not kidding you. He is talking verbiage I've never heard of. We hang out only at Starbucks. We hang out because, you know, he's in the singles ministry. I'm in the singles ministry. Okay, what are you doing at your church? This is what I'm doing at my church. We're just mm -hmm. friends in the Lord. And he starts to talk to me about this thing where, you know, what did you do this past weekend? And I'm like, oh, I watched Friends episode marathon. What did you do? And he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I marinated i soaked and i you know i hung out with god and then i laid out and his presence started soaking me for about three hours and i'm like what wow i'm like who does i'm I, i'm literally mouth on the floor going i i never heard of this and this is 21 years ago yeah i'm hearing these words you know marinate soak um and then uh, not only that you know i am tasting for the first time the fruit of the spirit. Wow. Uh, I'm not hearing the fruit of the spirit. I'm seeing and tasting it in mm. this man's life. Mm. So I go, I will never marry you. But I want to know where you're eating and where you're sipping because there, the fruit of the spirit is gobbed all over you. There's like mangoes on this tree. There's avocados on this tree. They're hanging on the ground. I don't even step up and even grab. I, but, you know, there's like love is big, joy is big, peace is big, kindness is good, big, goodness is big, self-discipline wow. is big. And where are you sipping? Where are you eating? 
And so I just ran on, he became my mentor, he became mm. my champion. Mm. Uh, and two and a half years later, I finally uh, said yes to his really very patient pursuit of me as a person in his life that would hold his hand. <laughs> and, and, and then, uh, you know, yeah, it, that's a long, long, long story gorgeous story beautiful. if ever you want my beautiful if you ever want my husband and I to share because there's God 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 stamped over all over it wow. and it's relationship with the father mm -hmm. and so then we got married five years later and then out of that our finding freedom one night when I was seeking God on behalf of Jason didn't know what to do and I I that night I wasn't actually I was just hey God I'm it's just me and you I got my journal mm -hmm. I got my bible and I've got my guitar and I'm just going to hang out with you. That's all I'm going to do. I just, oh yeah, I'm just going to hang out with you. As I was doing that three hours later, put my guitar down and my face, my knees and my face hit the floor mm. in just a adoration. Uh -huh. As soon as my forehead hit the floor, I heard there'd be no, none other father like Jason. There'll be none other husband like Jason. I've set the two of you apart for special ministry and I've given him a love for you. Mm. And I did not know what to do with it because I didn't have feelings for him at that moment. And that special, I've set you two apart for a special ministry is finding freedom. And that mm -hmm. ministry really, that ministry really is what we do is reconciliation. What we do yeah. is help, help people give you prayer tools to help you through your stress and your mess. James four, mm -hmm. seven, therefore submit yourself to Christ. Um, resist the enemy, he'll flee. Sometimes we're trying to resist the enemy that we're not getting on our knees before the father and say, God, I've sinned against you in this area and this area. I'm holding bitterness, rage, anger, whatever it might be. And we help them see where you can take responsibility for the part that you played. So you can really live a submitted life to Christ. Right. And that's been now uh, the name Finding Freedom has been about six years and it's been, a, it's been an a making for the last 20 years. Wow. So we got our website, findingfreedomministries.com. Everything is there. We got free stuff there as well. Mm -hmm. Really, really good free stuff about judgment, uh, self-hate, fear, fear um, that you can just download in this free. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Absolutely amazing. I, I love your story of how God brought you two together, how God um, destroyed some of the lies that you were believing about yourself as well as um, a white man. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Wow. This is absolutely amazing. Um, so then from there, did you, were you a, 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 the, an on-air host on the fish as you are today, or did that come about later? Yes, it became later. We got married in 2003. So I was the women's pastor at this church called Anchor Church, where I grew up in the Lord. That was when I was 19. Okay. Two, year, two years after I was full time, that was my job and my church. So two years after we got married, because we were going to follow his voice. We weren't right. going to follow man's, tra tra man's tradition. Man's right. tra tradition was like, oh, you guys go to the same church. We would visit one another. My church had six services. His had one. Mm. So two, two years later, I felt the Lord really prompted me to, to leave my home church and my full-time job and join my husband's church. Mm. And in, the, in that time, the Lord, this is just another whole story, but I, I, I was writing kids songs. It's called King Binky 
any super duper fun Frontisha. I have a CD out. You can get it free oh, on cute. Amazon Prime. You can get it free on Amazon Prime. You can just listen to it free if you've got the Amazon Prime uh, or, or even iTunes. Uh, but if you want to download a song, awesome song. Oh. I got a super mom song on there. I got an armor of God song. Oh, I'm so going to do it. Time, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Cause I got a five year old. Yeah, I'm definitely going to yeah. do this. <laughs> your five year old's going to love the armor of God. It's going to, I got a Shadrach, Meshach and a Abednego oh, song yes. on it. So cute. <laughs> so cute. And then one of my favorites is called thump, thump, thump. And then that was when I began to write kids songs uh-huh. is when I was hanging out with God, all the whole CD is hanging out with the father, just singing my prayers to God. And as I was singing it, out came the song. I put my ear to Jesus' chest. I want to hear thump, thump, thump. Because oh, I was asking <laughs> I was asking for him to give me direction. Yeah. And I was singing this. And all of a sudden, this thump, thump, thump song came out. And I, tears streaking down my face. Mm-hmm. I started writing down the keys and writing down the words. Out came that song. And every song you hear on that CD came out of my intimate time with the Father. Wow. So, no, really, really amazing. That is so amazing. during that time... During that time of that CD, making the CD and producing and all that, did that. Then I got asked to go and be a um, first time ever because I had done high school. I had done uh, women's ministry. I've done children's ministry. That's another story in itself. Um, And then I had never done like overseeing the whole church, like the logistic. So I went from a 2000 member church. Uh, with six services to an 80 member church mm. with about uh, one service. So my pe- my new pastor comes to me and says, Hey, we would love to hire you part time. And I go, Oh, okay. You know, like, uh, and this was two, about two years after I had left my, my church. And so I, and I did my CD and then I go and do that. And I'm overseeing. I love Enid. I love helping people see what God created them to do Mm. so that you have to, for me, that small groups, that circles, that's really, uh, you know, it's like, it's not one man that oversee does worship. It's like, no, no, no. One man shouldn't be doing it because if you have this 80 member church, there's a lot of people that sing and play music. So let's go find them. So what I did is I created circles like a worship a, a worship ministry and a sound ministry and an mm-hmm. usher ministry. And, and I, I had never done that before. Yeah. I was just overseeing one service. So I got hired to do all of that. And it was such, so, 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 so honored. So such a privilege to the point where I, I was able to then replicate myself in all those areas. Right. And about uh, maybe eight. Uh, so that was 2005 to 2014. So this is the cool about the 95.5, the fish radio mm-hmm. about 2014 just gotta i gotta give god props in this yeah and 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 in this is that in january 2014 we had a guest speaker and sometimes guest speakers come and they say hey come and we want to pray for you and, and i always tell my friend i'm like hey do you want to go and they're like nah and i go it's free prayer why not right so i went up for free prayer mm-hmm. and they used the words alignment and activation mm-hmm. i felt nothing i felt no fire. I felt no cold. I felt no, nothing, nothing. I, I felt nothing. Right. But that night, Enid, there was like this new, holy purity desire to live an, a life of honor for God. Wow. Like it was like, it was like the fear of God fell on me oh. in a way that I had never experienced, but I didn't feel it. I, that night I felt this, like I wanted to, 
to know God. I wanted to set my life apart for God. It wasn't like, God, I'm hurting. So I'm going to set my part. It was like, so it was like, I didn't want to watch rated R movies anymore. Mm. I didn't, it was just like, all. Oh, and I, 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 it was, it was just this newfound. I want to honor you, God, yeah. with my thoughts, my ways, my words, what I listen to. So the, about, I don't know, that same month, probably, I, I read a lot of Jill Osteen books. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of books, you know, I, Bill Johnson, uh, yeah. uh, John Brevere. But this one, it was, it was called Breakout, Five Keys to Go Beyond Your Barriers and Live an Extraordinary Life. Mm-hmm. So I pick up this book. I start reading it. One chapter, he's asking are you living in a cupful anointing? Are you living in a bucket size anointing? Are you living in a barn size anointing? Wow. And I, 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 I got done with that chapter. I flipped the page. It was blank like normal. And I started writing on that blank page of the book. And I said, God, I admit to you, I'm living a cupful anointing right now. Mm. I'm comfortable. I don't know what to do. I drew a little picture of myself and I realized that I was, I was fighting these thoughts and the thoughts were, I'm, it would be greed of me to ask for God to do more in my life because look how much God's done in my life. Mm-hmm. I look back and I go, oh my gosh, who am I to ask for more? You're so greedy. Yeah. Uh, that I was 47, 48 years old, I think 47. And I was like, you're too old to ask God to do more. Can you even imagine that? <laughs> Enid? How, uh, this, is a foul, this is a foul lie, but yeah. I promise you. Um, there was another one that was kind of, uh, you're not smart enough. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I had a single parent, my mom, I came home with a report card and there were all D's on it and all D's. And I was scared. I gave it to my mom and my mom's looking down at this report card, all D's. And my mom looks at me and goes, you passed. Let's go get pizza. (laughs) That was my mom who loved big, loved wide, mm. and could care less yeah. if I was getting C's, B's, or A's. Right. So here I was, I believed all these foul lies. Yeah. I began that day saying, God, forgive me. I have been allowing this thought to put this blank, like this invisible line, like the ants have. This visible, I'm not going to cross over this line. And I began to repent over this. Two days later, two days later, I got a phone call from Salem media, the general manager, (laughs) the general manager who said to me, Tisha, this was in February, Tisha, would you consider, and would you pray about joining us on 95.5, the fish as a host on air host? I promise you. And I was sitting there going, what? That night, that night I brought my book at dinner, crying with my mom and my husband. And I was like, you guys, this happened to me two days later. And then Leilani called me and blah, blah, blah. And then in April 7th, 2014, I joined 95.5 The Fish. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's going on seven years. Seven years. My yes. goodness. Wait a second. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. Go back for a second. Who wrote that yeah. chapter that you, that you read about yeah. the cup anointing? Yeah. So Joel Osteen uh-huh. wrote this book called Breakout, Five Keys to Go Beyond Your Barriers and Live an Extraordinary Life. I think it's chapter eight that I read it in. <laughs> and believe me, this is what I do. I am a huge believer 
that authors mentor us. Yes. Just like I could have a coffee. I, I told John Brevere one day when I met him here in Hawaii, I said, I have coffee with you every morning with the book that you late, the latest book that you, mm. you wrote. Yeah. Because I'm having coffee. You know, we would all love to ha sit across from Bill Johnson, Mark Batterson, yeah. John Brevere, Lisa Brevere, uh, Beth Moore, and have coffee. Right. I, I can have coffee if I pay $15 for a book and I sit there and have coffee with them. So I, 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 Joel Osteen is one that I've read all of his books, uh, probably the, the last two um, I haven't read, but that was the book that I was reading about the cup full. That is amazing. Is that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. And I love how you use the books as like a time where you're having coffee with these authors, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like people don't normally think that way, you know? Yeah. They don't, they just, because, <laughs> yeah, go well, ahead. we're begging, we're begging for mentors. We're begging yeah. for somebody to champion us. Yeah. The father is our first ministry and he yes. champions us. If we just yes. sat with him and heard his voice, Amen. we could hear somebody fanning our flame. That's right. Really, really, really. But it's hard because it's that it's, it's getting the distraction away, getting mm -hmm. the uh, structure and the instruction in our life. And a lot of times people I see for myself, it's, oh, and that's why I really have a passion for helping people mm -hmm. structure their life and go, okay, out of 24 hours, let's just take 15 where you press into him so you can hear yeah. his voice. And part of it is the written word. Obviously, right. there's Rama word, written word. But then you also have where I can have coffee with Esther. I can have coffee with Moses. Mm. I can have coffee with Joseph. Mm. I can have coffee with Peter. I can have coffee with Jesus. And those are our mentors too. Yes. Where we can sit there and write on it and yes. go, Lord. And, or even what I love to do is just close my eyes, put my hand on my heart, take a deep breath and just go, okay, I'm listening. Mm. Father, I'm just, I just want to sit here and I want to love you. Yes. I, I, I think sometimes Enid, we're like looking for God to love us when it's like, Father, I need you to know I love you. Yes. I'm chasing, I'm chasing after Amen. you. I I'm yeah. Amen. Cause it's not just a one way relationship. No. We're like, do you love me? God yeah. It's like, well, God, have I told you lately that I'm coming after you? Mm. So good. So good. Yes. Wow. Well, we okay. have covered a lot of different areas here and, um, I do have one last question for you. What does imperishable beauty mean to you? Mm. Oh my gosh. First uh, Samuel 16, 7, mm. where man looks at the outward appearance, mm -hmm. God looks at the heart. Amen. That's imperishable beauty. Amen. 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 Well, Tisha, it has been wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing about yourself, how you grew up, how you met Jesus, mm. um, how you met your husband, how Finding Freedom Ministries was birthed. Um, and then these songs, I can't wait to go and download these free <laughs> songs on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's called King Binky, which is like the binky that a child goes to like the pacifier yeah so jesus jesus is our king binky oh. we should be running to him <laughs> so to have him pacify us <laughs> and so it's and it's with his super duper fun friend tisha 
Uh, you're going to love the songs. They're really fun. They're addicting. And after about two months, you're going to want to break the CD. Oh, but other than cool. that, I love you, Enid. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. I've got tears in my eyes <sighs> the whole time. I felt his presence. Thank you mm -hmm. for your yes in Jesus. Oh, I love you too, Tisha. God bless you. you. Thank you, my girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode with Tisha Falcon Layfelt. I hope you received a lot of truths and takeaways to apply to your life as you draw closer to Jesus and see where he takes you in this great life that we're living. Until next time, stay imperishable.